And we are back with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, once again joined alongside Andrew Johnson. Once again, Grayson G. Moreno is not here with us today. And, you know, Andrew, another crazy week in the NFL. I mean, there's no really else way to put it. I mean, great game in London, obviously for my Giants. A certainly interesting Thursday night game and a wild Monday night football game we had last night. But as I said, another crazy week, and it's only week five. How are we going to get through the rest of the season? Well, that's a good question. And uh, you're being very generous with the Thursday night game by saying <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Interesting, interesting and terrible. I, I think yeah, I would when, agree. When I said interesting, I did not mean that in a good way. Trust me. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> Not in a good way. I fell asleep watching watching that game. It was absolutely horrendous. I woke up and I saw the Broncos once again lost. Which I is... think you and America both fell asleep during that game. It was quite possibly, and remember, the Broncos also had that terrible game with the 49ers earlier in the season. Quite possibly the worst football game I have watched. If you're a fan of defense, I've, you might have liked that game. If you're a fan of offense like I am... Oh man, did this game suck? It wasn't even good defense. I think it's more. I said this. No, it wasn't. I, I, I asked this game. I'm sorry. I asked this question. Is Russ cooked? The question is now answered, confirmed. and it's confirmed that Russ is well, indeed cooked. Geno Smith, let Geno cook. Russ is cooked. <laughs> Let's just say not only is Russell Wilson cooked, Matt Ryan also cooked. He yeah. did not look good either in this game. And, you know, I saw an interesting comparison. Um, this is probably the only two times Russell Wilson and Tom and uh, Matt Ryan will be compared to Tom Brady. Tom Brady has confused an entire generation of quarterbacks to thinking that he is normal, that you should play until you're 45 years old. This is not normal. This is What he's doing is not normal. He's given fake confidence to not only players, but to GMs as well. When you think about it, think I, I know you don't like the Cowboys, but I think this may not be the best example. But take a look at Troy Aikman, Nick. How yeah. long did Troy Aikman's career last? About 10 years? I think so. Off the top of my head, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty about, sure it was a decade. About 10 years. And towards the end, when he was about 34 years old, he was spent. He was he was done. And he knew he had to hang him up. You're looking at Rust now at 34? He looks spent, man. Like, he is... um. And he's got a long, long contract ahead of him. That's yeah. not good. You look at Matt Ryan, who's really his last. It could be his last. Or I would not be very surprised if he retired at the end of the season. You look at him two years ago on the Falcons. The Falcons were pretty much air raid on steroids. <laughs> how much they threw the ball in Atlanta. <laughs> and his numbers for. Yes, you're going to have large numbers when you throw the ball a lot. When you do not have a dominant running back. I mean, they had uh, they had Devontae Freeman, they had Todd, they had the remnants of Todd Gurley, one yep. season, but they didn't really have that stud running back, so they had to really throw the ball a lot, and that's going to happen when you throw. So really, when you take a look at those guys, Tom Brady, I think, gave him false confidence, saying like, "Hey, we can keep going," and the GMs with these ML, with these NFL um, teams, go along with it. So uh, this is this uh, this was a game of two washed up quarterbacks going at each other. Now that I'm saying this, Russell Wilson is going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns next week, and Matt Ryan's going to have an MVP caliber season from here on out, but hey. I won't agree with you on that because, man, the way these two offenses have played, it's not as if they've had one good week. Every week these two teams have played have been terrible. Offensively, defensively, sure, they've been, you know, hit or miss. Offensively, though, both these teams, absolute garbage. 
And more into this game, I mean, the Broncos, I mean, what else is there much to say? They lose Javante Williams the week before. He's out for the season with a torn ACL. So you really had to rely on Russell Wilson in this game. Melvin Gordon was all right. I mean, wasn't anything special in the running category. I had to interrupt my concentration because the Yankees just gave up a home run. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not a great showing from either of these teams. Matt Ryan had to throw the ball as much as he did due to the fact that they did not have Jonathan Taylor. And they lost Naheem Hines in this game to a concussion on the first drive of the game. So, second straight week, Johnson, we've had a Thursday night game and a very scary concussion injury. Hopefully that doesn't happen again this upcoming Thursday. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much justice I could do towards this game. Really, really bad. Broncos had the lead going, you know, had the lead late in the game. Third and four in the red zone. Pretty much a first down wins the game. And they decided to throw it into the, you know, Russell Wilson decides to throw it. Throws an interception. Gives the Colts, you know, the slimmest of hope. And they drive down the field to hit the game-tying field goal. They go on to overtime. They kick the go-ahead field goal. And the Broncos, you know, they drive down the field. They look like they're about to either tie the game or win it. Fourth and one. <laughs> I mean, the weirdest of sequence. They go on the field the first time. Colts call a timeout. Then they go back on the field trying to draw them offside. They don't do it. Broncos call a timeout. So then you're thinking after the first two times, okay, they're going to kick the field goal. They're going to take the points. And they're just going to go 12-12 and see who potentially wins this game. Or maybe the game ends in a tie. Because quite frankly, the game should have just ended in a tie. Because these both of these teams did not deserve to win the game. Broncos... Decide to go for it. And Russell Wilson makes one of the worst reads I've seen this season. Completely does not... He doesn't even look to his right. Just keeps looking and staring down Cortland Sutton, who was being covered by Stephon Gilmore, who had the interception in the fourth quarter. He just looks towards Cortland Sutton, throws the ball, passes it complete. If he looks to his right, Johnson... He's got KJ Hamler wide open for the game-winning touchdown. Doesn't look that way. Once again, another goal line red zone mistake from the Broncos this season. Russell Wilson is scarred by a one-yard conversion again. And the Broncos lose this game 12-9. Russell Wilson apparently now has an injury that was apparently happening, you know, happened in the Raider game. He had to get surgery on it. He's hoping to fix something that's wrong with his shoulder because. You can tell something is definitely wrong with Russell right now. But, yeah, this game was just terrible. I'm going to dare to say this. They'd be better with Drew Locke right now. No. I'm going to dare to say it. You really think Drew Locke I, would be that much worse? Or uh, I, think, I think the only thing that would have been better off was me not turning on my television to watch this atrocity. I mean, we all made fun of Drew Locke for losing the starting battle to Geno Smith, but... It looks like Geno Smith is I a mean, good yeah. quarterback all of a sudden. So yeah. can we really fault him? Oh, wow, let's laugh at Drew Locke. He lost the starting job to Geno Smith. Geno Smith has been playing like a top 10 quarterback this season. I, I, I It's been such a weird year in the NFL. I, no, I absolutely, don't know what to say. I agree with you. I mean, no one had on their bingo card Geno Smith being probably one of the top quarterbacks in the league right now. It makes absolutely no sense. He's looked better than Trevor Lawrence right now. I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence isn't really a top 10 guy, but. He's looking like a like a souped up Kirk a souped up Kirk Cousins right now. If you want to get a, like a good comparison, it's kind of crazy right now. I mean, you know, Gino's just slinging dimes. I mean, something else you could say about it. 
if you're a Jets fan, you're wondering where the hell was this throughout your entire career? I think uh, maybe he. Uh, I think he's actually doing the inverse. He's going to have his prime towards the tail end of his career. I, like that makes complete sense. He's certainly playing up to you know his a, draft a, an extension, and he's certainly telling the CEO, "Say, listen, you don't have to look towards a quarterback. This is a quarterback draft. You don't need to draft a quarterback this year. I've got you for the rest of the season for this upcoming year, for next season, and potentially the next down the line, the next five years." If he keeps playing the way he's playing. Certainly making the entire state of West Virginia pl- proud of him right now. Uh, oh, God, it does not make me happy. If they have anything to cheer for right now, it's Geno Smith. By, by, by the way, Johnson says Grayson isn't here. Uh, go Baylor this week. Uh, yes, true. Grayson, if you're listening to this, like you probably will be when we release this, uh, go Baylor. Uh, beat WVU. Now, continuing on, going to the next game in our schedule, Giants stunned the Packers in London. Uh, no one saw this coming. We saw we said in the podcast last week, I could see the Giants winning this game. I said it based off watching the Patriots game. And hey, I mean, they didn't look too hot against the Patriots, and the Giants have a good defense. They're playing not in Lambeau Field. They're playing away from it. I think they could, you know, Giants could come off the upset, and you agreed with me as well. I mean... I said at the beginning of the year, even before the season, that the Giants on paper don't look terrible and that they could sneak some wins out here and there. I had them, you know, at maximum winning, you know, I had them at a range of seven to nine wins potentially. So they were a team that, you know, I thought could get, you know, could scrap out some wins. And let's face it, throughout the years of Joe Judge and guys like Pat Shermer, the Giants did not win these games where they go into the half trailing 20 to 10. Looks like they're done. They could not stop Aaron Rodgers in the passing attack. And they they flat out just were not stopping A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones. Second half starts. And I don't know what it is about this Giants team. And Brian Dable, again, you got to give him props. Second half adjustments have been unbelievable for the Giants this season. It helped them in that game against Tennessee to start the year. It helps them in this game. They only allowed two points in the second half. And that was due to the fact that the Giants... Gave them a safety so that they didn't get a uh, punt blocked into their own end zone, which would have tied the game. Saquon Barkley, what else can you say about him? 70 yards rushing, makes a big catch in this game to lead the Giants down the field. Did get injured, and, you know, when he went down with an injury, I, you know, the Giants fan of me was getting very worrisome because, let's face facts, the Giants were 3-1 and one due to two things. Their defense playing well. And Saquon Barkley playing unbelievable. Without Saquon Barkley, I don't know where that offense goes. Now, credit, on the drive he got hurt, the Giants drove down the field, and they actually scored a touchdown. And that's, you know, great props to Daniel Jones. He had an absolutely fantastic start, 21-27, and he gets them down the field. Brightwell scores the touchdown to tie the game. Now, the Packers, this is what confuses me. They ran the ball really good in this game. On the drive after the Giants scored a touchdown, to tie the game. They go three and out by throwing three passes. So the Giants milk the entire, you know, end of the third quarter and the start of the fourth quarter. Packers go three and out immediately, give the Giants the ball again. And the Giants on the ensuing drive waste up another four minutes of the game and they score the go-ahead touchdown thanks to Saquon Barkley returning in the game. Packers do get down the field. They have a chance to tie it. And again, credit to that defense. They swatted a third and fourth down play Backed into their own territory. They hold on to win this game 27-22. to 22. 
how in the world are we four and one? I don't. Again, like I said for Syracuse, I don't know how we're here. I'm enjoying the ride. I cannot be. You know, I. I'm just happy that we're here. And I don't want to go uh, pat myself on the back. But I said the Giants would start off eight and two this year. That was my prediction. If they beat if they defeated Carolina, which they did, off to a hot start. I didn't have them losing to the Cowboys. I'm sorry, winning to, against the Cowboys and losing to the Packers. It looks like those games are swapped. Said they start off the season four and one. Let's see if they continue playing trash, masquerading as football teams the next couple of weeks. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what the Giants can do. Giants look pretty good. Saquon Barkley looks like he's back at Penn State in peak form and peak condition right now. Looks, You would never assume he would even be close to being injured. He's been really banged up the last couple of years, and you would never assume that if you just watched him play uh, any game this year. looked absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's just things that have gone the Giants' way this season that haven't gone their way throughout the past couple of years throughout different administrations. And again, it's all credit to Joe, you know, I was a Joe Judge. Didn't mean to say that. It's all credit to Brian Dable, and he's done a great job motivating this team. You could see it. He, he, you know, he's that type of coach that you want to play for till the very end, despite whatever the score is. And the Giants did that again. They're down ten and going into the half. They kept alive and stayed in this game, and they were able to come back and win this game. They outscored the Packers seventeen to two in the second half. That is a hell of a job by both Brian Dable. Mike Kafka, I, you know, I shouldn't even say both. I should say the trio of Dable, Mike Kafka, and Wake Barndell. They all have to be accommodated for how well this team has done so far this season. They got a big test with the Baltimore Ravens this coming week. I know for a fact Wink Barndell has had this game circled on his calendar. He faces his former team. You know the Giants are going to want to get a win for him this upcoming week against Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a game to look at and just kind of recapping or continuing our recap of the NFL. Bills blowing out the Steelers. Steelers defense looks really banged up. No TJ Watt. Make offense Patrick. Not looking really bright in Pittsburgh right now. Looks like they're going to be top five draft pick this year. Bills, I thought, okay, that, I thought that first play to Gabe Davis was pure <laughs> luck. I thought, like, okay, you know, they got I don't think it was pure luck. <laughs> I thought it was. I, you know, it was a blown coverage. It backed up at their end zone. 98-yard touchdown. I didn't see that happening uh, pretty much twice. Gabe Davis is burning the defense twice. It's That's when you kind of realize, okay, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe that wasn't luck. Maybe the Bills really are that good. But Bills really kicked the living hell out of the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, not on the hot seat. He's a really good head coach. Every coach is entitled to a down year every now and then. Yeah. Continues the year after this. I think he'll. Uh, yeah, I remember. I mean, have that conversation with him. He's never had a losing season in his Steelers tenure. He's certainly going to have it this year. The way they're playing right now, they are absolutely god awful right now. Um, I mean, Pickett, his first NFL start. I mean, what what can you really do? I mean, he's going into a hostile environment in Buffalo. Tried his best. He, you know, he he threw the ball fifty two times. I mean. Not much you can do. Najee Harris was irrelevant in this game. He has now looked good to start the season. And you said it, Josh Allen and guys like Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs. I mean, what else is there more to say? Buffalo, again, looks like a superior team. Still a very big Super Bowl favorite. They go to 4-1. and one. Steelers are going to definitely be in that conversation for the number one overall draft pick this year. Right now, I'd say them and Carolina, I think those are the two worst teams in football. I, I, I got to flat out say it. They are both 
been absolutely horrible offensively and defensively to start off the season. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you that uh, both teams have been absolutely horrendous. Speaking of teams that are trending towards horrendous, let's stay within the AFC East and talk about that Jets-Miami game. Miami is down pretty bad right now. It's hard enough when your star quarterback goes down in such a tough, tough way, the way that Tua in his concussion, we hope he gets nice, safe, and speedy recovery for him the way he went down previously. Now you have Teddy Bridgewater, your backup quarterback now leaving. It's I don't want to say desperate times for uh for Miami, but from what a team that looked like they were gonna be contenders now almost disappearing. That's gonna be a tough pill to swallow for Miami fans. Yeah, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater goes down with the injury. I mean, didn't start off great for him. Obviously, they had an intentional grounding that led to a safety to start off this game. So, I mean, going out to nothing, that's a weird start to this game. But, yeah, I mean, you bring in a rookie quarterback like Skylar Thompson who was drafted in the seventh round, he's not expecting to start this game at all or play at all in this game. And, you know, no two attack of Iloa. We don't know if he's going to play this week. I'm not sure if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play this week. So, you could see Skylar Thompson playing this coming weekend. If he does, I don't like the Dolphins' chances. Raheem Mostert had a great game for them running, but without a strong, you know, passing attack, Miami is not going to have any chances throughout the next couple of weeks. And you got to give your tip of the cap to the Jets. I mean, Zach Wilson was all right. Didn't look too great, but not the worst game. But Brees Hall, man, can he play? 97 yards rushing and a touchdown. He also had two catches for 100 yards. He led the team in receiving and rushing. I mean, this is why you draft a guy like his caliber in the second round to potentially be that star caliber running back that can help you win games. You're seeing it from guys like, you know, big time rookies, you know, in the first round. Sometimes they don't really pan out. But this is a guy that came in the second round that could have easily been a first round running back. And I think he was. I think he should have been a first round running back. But nonetheless... The Jets draft him in the second round. They get an absolute steal at, from Iowa State. And he plays an unbelievable game for them. Jets steamroll past Miami 40 to 17. And the Jets are three and two. What what am I how are how are the Giants four and one and the Jets are three and two? Am I what world am I living in, Johnson? Uh, you're living in this one. You're not it's, this isn't an alternative reality. This is how it is. I think the Jets have had a favorable schedule so far. Uh, they've had some They've gotten some pretty big breaks. I mean, I don't want to say injuries are a big break, but at the end of the day, not having to go against Tua definitely uh, favored the Jets. If Tua plays, the Jets probably win this game. I'm sorry, the Jets probably lose this game. And the Cleveland collapsing on the field in a way I, I mean, haven't seen in the longest time. Yeah, the Steel- those Steelers uh, and Browns games. I mean, yeah, Jets. this easily could have been the Jets' first win of the season. Yeah, I mean, nothing really – a lot of things – this is our, this is very very ironic, but things are finally going the way for the Jets. I don't like to see it as a Patriots fan, but <laughs> get. I think after two decades of really incompetence, other than that resurgence, quote unquote, with Mark Sanchez in the late two thousands, early twenty tens, nothing has gone really right for the Jets. Probably since Joe Namath was their quarterback, and that's uh, that's saying a lot right now. But it looks like some. Hey, Joe was there in attendance this past week. He was most overrated quarterback of all time, in my opinion, but let's not go into that. Uh, definitely things going right for the Jets right now. I mean, you'd have to assume that 
after decades of just being really unfortunate, both playing football and the luck aspect associated with football, you'd have to eventually catch some breaks. Well, so this may be the time for the Jets to finally catch some breaks. The real question is, is this more of the Jets playing good or is it the teams that they have beaten not playing well? I think it's a mix of both. Obviously, there's skill aspect of football where to make that play happen against Cleveland, you need to execute perfectly and the Browns need to make a mistake. So they're not beating themselves. They are capitalizing on the mistakes other teams are making. So I'd say it's a mix of both. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, Browns game, they shouldn't have won that game to begin with. Let's just face facts. Browns handed them that win. Steelers game, you could say they handed them that game too because Kenny Pickett threw a really bad play, you know, interception, lay in the game, and it led to the Jets winning the game. So at the end of the day, this is by far the Jets' best win. They looked dominant. Now credit, you could say they played a third-string quarterback, so they took advantage of it. You got It's the NFL. You have to take advantage as much as you can get them. The Jets did just that. And listen, I wouldn't have never thought this at the beginning of the season. I think they've got a chance this week against the Packers. I I don't think I would go that far. I'm not go. listen, I'm not saying they're gonna win. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the way the Packers have been playing, Yankees just had a home run, very nice. I'm just saying that if the way the season has gone for Green Bay and they'll come off a, re- a really, you know, bad loss, and it's only bad because of how they lost, the Giants are playing good. If the Jets play good enough defensively and get some good contributions again for Brees Hall. I don't know. Jets are going to put up a good fight. I don't think it's going to be easy. It's definitely not going to be easy. Green Bay hasn't looked. They've looked okay. I mean, they've had some pretty unfortunate breaks, but I think they'll take care of business against the Jets and send them back to reality this year or this week. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see how the Jets do. I mean, obviously it's not going to be, well, it's not going to be an easy game for the for both squads, but I really think the Jets have a good chance to give the Packers a lot of trouble, considering how their defense has played so far to start the season. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. Another game I want to talk about are the Pats absolutely stomping on the lines this past week. I didn't see this happening. Vegas completely dropped the ball on this one. Uh, lines going against the Patriots three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Patriots shutting them out, which I didn't expect. This has been a very high, you know, a high-powered offensive performance these last couple weeks from the Lions. And they just dropped the ball. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's because if DeAndre Swift being out, finally catching up with him, maybe it's the Patriots' defense. It could be a a combination of both. Maybe Jared Goff, you know, the clock has struck midnight for him once again, and he's turning back to regular form, but... Patriots look good in a offense that's given teams like the Eagles, you know, which are undefeated teams like the Vikings, these top tier teams in the NFL, fits and Patriots just completely stomp them. I mean, and you gotta give your hats off to the Patriots. I mean, Bailey Zappi gets his first NFL start. He had to come in last week against Green Bay. Almost led them to a big win against the Packers. They eventually lost in overtime, but. He hasn't a, a not bit. I mean, listen, 17 to 21, does throw an interception, but 180 yards and a touchdown. Solid performance from him. Gotta give Ramondre Stevenson a lot of props in this game. 161 yards rushing, filling in for Damian Harris, who goes down in this game. Looks like he's going to be out for a little bit. So we'll have to see how that goes. But you're right. I tried defending you, Johnson. Remember a couple weeks ago, I said the Patriots defense isn't bad. 
uh, that game against Baltimore, that's when everyone started to say, oh, they're not good. And, you know, a certain someone in this in our pod was not happy with how their defense was playing. I kept saying the Patriots have a good defense, and they proved it in this game against the top-scoring offense in the NFL. They shut them out. And it's not like the Lions, you know, yes, they didn't have DeAndre Swift, but they got Amon Ross St. Brown back for this game, and he was just a non-factor. Four catches for 18 yards. Jared Goff, who was having an unbelievable start to the year, he throws an interception. I mean, yeah, really not a good game for the Lions. They now drop to one and four. I love Dan Campbell, but man, it has been a rough start for now, Detroit. Everyone, everyone loves to give Bill Belichick absolute shit about the way he drafts and develops players, but maybe on offense you have uh, you have some gripes, right? Yeah. But on defense, man, can he really draft and develop players? When you take a look, Jack Jones and Kyle Dugger, those are the guys in that backfield which are absolutely dominating teams right now on the defensive side of the ball. And no one knew who Kyle Dugger was when the Patriots no drafted him. No one knew him. who even Kyle Dugger was. He went to D2, I think, at LeMoyne College. Uh, maybe not LeMoyne, but... No, definitely was not LeMoyne, but I don't know. I, I, know, I, I don't remember. The, I, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, went to Division II college. Bill loved him as an athlete, drafted him. And then Jack Jones in this past draft looking like an absolute steal. Drafted in the fourth round. And no, I mean, he's all over the field. He has two interceptions already on the year in five games. It proved five weeks as a rookie. It's uh, it's kind of crazy to see this all things pans out. Maybe Cole Strange in the first round wasn't a terrible pick at the, at the end of the day. I mean, I'll have to I say. Mean, he, hasn't looked, he hasn't looked bad either. And I, I almost had a str- – I mean, almost. I did have a stroke when I saw him. I couldn't believe what was going on. Right <laughs> it's now. funny you I brought that up. Strange. I was watching the video of that yesterday. It, was, it still brings me a good laugh here and there. I mean, I didn't understand what was going on, but I got to give Bill credit. I mean, maybe I'm not on the offset, offensive side of the ball. He's, uh, you know, the coaching he's but definitely on the defensive side of the ball. You can't deny his talent. Yeah. And listen, if there's anyone that can develop talent in the NFL, we all know it's Bill Belichick. Yeah, absolutely. So looking into the next game on our list, let's talk about the Chargers pick up the win against Cleveland this week, a much-needed bounce-back victory. Browns continued to spiral without Deshaun Watson. Now, we said at the beginning of the year they need to go 500 to even have a chance of winning the AFC North. Uh, just, I, I don't think they're going to win at this point. I think that Baltimore and Cincinnati are both even leaps ahead of them, With uh, even when they add Deshaun, because they're giving up 30, and it's going to boil it under the defense. They let Austin Eckler just absolutely run amok on them yeah. this Sunday, and he had over 100... I think 65 yards with two touchdowns. If you can't stop him, God help you trying to stop Lamar Chase, Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon, and it's not going to be very pretty. All of them, yeah. It's not going to be very pretty for a divisional front. I mean, the Chargers are such a weird team too because yes, they do get the win, but some of the stuff the Chargers do just it bottles my mind to a sense. So no, they, they say Chargers going to charge, and they they, they, they almost charged this game. I mean, let's just face facts. They sh- they should have lost this game the way they were playing at the end of the game. Obviously, fourth quarter, the Chargers are up two points. So they have a fourth down. Now, it's fourth and one at their own 46. So you would think in that sense, okay, they're going to punt the ball away. Short, you know, give, you know, it had to be a long drive for Cleveland to get down the field because there's only a minute 13 left in the game. They go for it. Now, I get in a sense, maybe if you want to go for it, fine. You know what? Give the ball to Eckler. He has 170 yards rushing. 
Give it to him. You win the game. They throw a pass. They throw a pass on fourth and one. I get Mike Williams has 130 yards receiving in this game. But why are you throwing the ball on fourth and one in your own territory when you could just easily punt the ball away? The Browns will have to start the drive from probably inside their own 10 and have to go down the field and get a field goal from Cade York. I I wish I had an answer for you, but looks like suspect coaching for me. I really, I'm really cheering for the Chargers. I think they have an opportunity to, uh, to really go to the Super Bowl, and Justin Herbert has, is an MVP caliber quarterback. He can lead a team to victory, but... Man, they've had some really questions. I mean, we market. knew that Brand Staley had was questionable would had questionable decision making, even from last season. Remember, he called that timeout against the Raiders, and they could have easily tied him into the playoffs. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't understand about that at all. That was another uh, questionable coaching decision to say the least. But I think that this is kind of a make or break year for the coaching staff of the Chargers. You can't really Swan if they miss the playoffs Alex, again, Mike yeah. Williams and Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, on the offensive side of the ball, they're just so far had been a lot of other teams in division. But you take a look at, if you compared the Chiefs, right, to the Chargers on the offensive side of the ball, excluding the tight end situation, the receiving core for the Chargers way better, the backfield way better, the quarterback is, I, I don't want to say he's better, better than, than Mahomes. Ball. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes, but at least comparable. He's in that conversation where you can think about it for a second. Where oh, is he better? Probably not, but is he, you know, in the same tier? I would say he's in the same tier right now. No, Mahomes and Herbert? No. No, you gotta take Mahomes. Mahomes I, I listen, I know I know I said earlier in the season that the Chiefs I didn't like their team on paper and that the Chargers are gonna win the division. And I had Herbert as an MVP candidate, but Mahomes has been doing this since he, you know, since his first year starting, and you saw that game against Tampa Bay where he's throwing, he's just making unbelievable plays while running, while in the pocket. I mean, he's far ahead of all the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. Now, do I think Herbert can get to that level? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm Things talking about. Things have to go his way, but right now they're not. He's not even. He's not there yet. He has to. He, they, things have to, you know, go right for the Chargers to make them legit like the Chiefs are. Right now, Chargers could easily have lost this game. They got bailed out by Cade York missing that field goal. They easily could be 2-3. and three. They're 3-2. and two. They've got to be grateful for that. I mean, so, hey, we're on the topic of the Chiefs. The Chiefs could easily be 2-3 and three right now, too. They've had some really big breaks, but we'll get into them a little yeah. later. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. Chargers do get the win, but, man, they've got – They've got to play a full game because they have not been doing that this season. They always have been. They've been allowing every team that they have played to stay alive in some of these games, except except for that Jacksonville game in which they got absolutely stomped. Now, Nick, I'm going to make a statement here, and you can agree with me or disagree with me. The Cowboys ended the Rams Super Bowl this uh, past year. God. Do you agree, yes or no? The Rams look so bad right now. And that Cowboys defense really isn't that good. Do, do you see why I didn't take them when I when we did our predictions for the for the for the uh, playoffs? And yeah, no, I completely agree. We, I said in the beginning of the year it was going to be a Super Bowl hangover. I didn't expect it to be this bad, though. You could tell that they're missing key contributors like like you know Andrew Whitworth and Odell Beckham. Offensive line for the Rams has been brutal. They don't have that slot guy like Odell. Right now, it's throw the ball to Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. And 
you hope that someone else gets, you know, you know, open. Allen Robinson is looking like the Allen Robinson from Chicago again. He's been MIA. We're seeing, you know, they don't have that slot receiver. They, you know, we're seeing guys like Tutu Atwell and Ben Skoranek be that slot receiver. They're not, let's just face facts, they're not that good of a slot receiver. They need a guy like Odell Beckham or someone of that caliber to, you know, help that offense. Their offense is absolutely flat right now. Matt Stafford has more interceptions than touchdowns. Funny fact, Johnson has the exact same stats as Matt Ryan. That is not a good category to be in right now with the way Matt Ryan and the Colts have been playing. It's really a bad time for the Rams. Their defense, they played all right. I mean, they gave up a long touchdown run to Tony Pollard. They did what they needed to do to win this game. But, yeah, I think you're right. Unless the Rams do something major to save their season, yeah, they have absolutely no chance of doing anything right now. And I hate to say it, but the Cowboys, they have looked really good since the Cooper, you know, Cooper Rush starting. And if they get Dak back, I hate to say this, but man, they're going to be a tough team to beat. They could be a Super Bowl contender. Now, there is a universe where the AFC East and the NFC East, all the top four, um, I'm sorry, all make the uh, top four of the playoff bracket. They're all in the uh, championship game. And I think at that point, the entire NFL would turn to the ground. There's this, there's a reality like that with Buffalo and maybe even Miami putting it back together or maybe even the Patriots hold on and Mac Jones puts it together. There's real there's a reality where you have where you send four teams from the NFC and AFC East to the playoffs combined, which people would call you probably crazy over the last ten years because for the last ten years it's been for the AFC East it's been the Patriots. Yeah. And now the emergence of the Bills recently in the last year or two. And over the last 10 years in the NFCs, it's been a grab them. There, like, there's been, been no weekly, dominant team. It's been a weekly, it's been a yearly invitational where they've taken turns all going to the playoffs. I, I There's always that, I, I forget what year it was, but there hasn't been a back-to-back division champion. And it's been a while. I just don't remember the exact year off the top of my head. But it has been a minute since we have a repeat champion. Now, Dallas, they certainly have that chance right now. Eagles are still undefeated. We'll go into a little bit, you know, into them a little bit later on. Giants are four and one. I mean, I don't know who wins this division. It, it's really, it might come down to the final week of the season. Yeah, no, it's definitely be interesting, interesting to see as this goes on. Cowboys look pretty good, uh, staying within the NFC East. Eagles survive the Scarabs. Arizona, Arizona, another team. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Cliff Kingsbury might be the next coach that gets fired this oh, year. Well, we got to give them a, a, a break, Johnson. It was double XP weekend. Uh, shout out Christian Montez for calling calling us out the other week, saying we're going to make a double XP joke. Yes, we are. Oh, Every yeah. Season. you you. Until it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah, it's very low-hanging fruit. Kyler Murray deserves it. Really finessed his way into that contract. All-time great back chaser right there. You know, really screwing the Cardinals out of some of their money. But Cliff King's very definitely in the hot seat. They cannot afford to keep playing like this, especially have the game I mean, like that. I mean, let's just face facts. I give them credit. They kept, they stayed alive in this game. I didn't they think did. they were, you know, I didn't think it would be this close of a game. They had a chance to tie at the end of the game. Obviously, the field goal kicker, Amendola, misses it. Now, I'll give him a pass because, you know. He's he, the backup pitcher. He was, and exactly. Exactly. He, you know, he was on the practice squad, and they had to sign him due to the fact that the current kicker Matt Prater was hurt. So that's fine and all. The Cardinals. Let's just face facts. There's still some gleaming issues with this team. They have Rondell Moore and Marquise Hollywood Brown back now. 
They're getting DeAndre Hopkins very soon, so that's at least a plus for their offense. But there's still some gleaming issues on the defensive side of the ball. This is the reason why I didn't like them at the beginning of the year. I thought them letting Chandler Jones go in the offseason was a very bad mistake. And you're kind of seeing that in a sense. And they couldn't stop the Eagles' rushing attack. I mean, Jalen Hurts has 61 yards rushing. Sanders has 58 yards rushing. Gainwell had 20 on three carries. 139 yards rushing for the Eagles. Eagles do survive. They go to 5-0. and But they've got a huge test this weekend with the Cowboys, who have also been red hot. Sunday Night Football, I hate to say it. I hate both of these teams. But it will be definitely a big key game and potentially could be a game to watch for this upcoming Sunday night. So speaking of games ending on a field goal, Cincinnati losing again out to the Ravens. This is a game Cincinnati should have had in the bag. Uh, I think I texted you when it was happening. I just said with two and a half minutes left that Cincinnati left too much time on the clock. Yep. They really, uh, they scored too soon. I mean, if I was Cincinnati, I would have just waited. I don't well, really care. You, you know, you, you know what happened, Johnson? Jackson, that much time on the clock. You know what happened in this game? Um, it's not necessarily that the Bengals left them enough time. It, that 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 is a factor, right? But once again, the reason why they lost this game, and it's been, you know, the reason why I, I said early in the season. This. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Zach Taylor lost on this game. Absolutely. If you watch this game, some of the play calls he had made, I don't understand it. I think that the most glaring one was not taking the points and going for it on fourth down, and that ended up biting them in the ass because if they take that field goal, they end up winning. That's the game. Absolutely. The game. And, I mean, they had a play where Tyler Boyd was going to throw a pass, and he got sacked on the play. Like, what are they doing? What are they play calls? And how about Joe Mixon? 14 carries for 78 yards. How are they not running the ball more with Joe Mixon? This makes no sense. I think they're mainly scared of their offensive line. But their offensive line, they changed out four different players this week, and it's still, it, it was a little bit better, don't get me wrong, but yeah. they're still missing a lot of pieces on that offensive line. They went, It's not like you can even blame them for not spending money because they spent money to fix this problem, but what they just did was it's just kind of throwing oil on a fire and just made it worse. And now you have these whole contract situations with players that are pretty much unplayable right now. And like, don't get me wrong. It's not like the Ravens played an all-in-out great game. Like they did their job defensively. They you know they kept the Bengals out in check, holding the seventeen points. Which again, I'm telling you, and I've been saying it since the beginning. Ravens defense is not that bad. I'm not going to get into that. The Bengals did their job of containing Lamar Jackson. You know he had not a great game offensively passing. I mean he had some very big you know missed throws. Had a touchdown pass to Mark Andrews. Led the team in rushing with 58 yards. But, I mean, let's just face the facts. I mean, Baltimore wins this game due to the fact of the bad play calling from Taylor. And like you said, they left them a lot of time to go down the field to kick the game winner. And when you have the best kicker in the NFL, Justin Tucker, you certainly feel like you have a great chance to win games. Baltimore gets the win. They're 3-2. and two. I mean, yeah, just a game Cincinnati cannot afford to lose. Still a lot of season to go. But... The Ravens, I mean, what a game this weekend with them and the Giants. I mean, as Giants fan, I'm not, you know, it's going to be a really, really tough game for the Giants to win. But I haven't felt this good about watching two solid teams play, especially at MetLife Stadium. And it's been a while. So this would probably be the most anticipated game in MetLife Stadium in probably the last six years or so. 
I wouldn't say six years, but it has been a minute, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be, listen, the Ravens five and a half point favorites over the Giants right now. Nothing too crazy. Not even, about a touchdown favorite. But it's gonna be really interesting to see how this goes on uh on Sunday. But one yeah. game another game I want to talk about is last game of the week. Chiefs win due to Josh oh boy, Josh. <laughs> not is this just the week of bad coaching? This is a week of bad coaching. And Andy I mean, Reed, Andy Reid is was terrible this game too. He's not getting off this game either. He this was trash versus trash this week. I mean, let's just no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes who threw four touchdowns and Travis Kelsey absolutely having a great game. But Andy Reid, you're supposed this was a bye week and you completely bumbled. I mean, bumbled the bag. You gotta get the Raiders props. They started this I'm game off seventeen nothing. No, no, yeah. this is what I'm saying. They started off seventeen nothing. No one expected that. They shut out the Chiefs in the first quarter. I and you know throughout the first couple minutes of the second quarter. I'm thinking to myself, 17-0, what is happening in this game? Then the Raiders started to Raider. You know, we say the Chargers start the Charger. Let's just say the fact the Raiders started to Raider. They let the Chiefs come back into this game. Mahomes, as you said, throws four touchdowns all to Travis Kelsey. I mean, go figure. He just proves to be the best tight end in the National Football League. And, I mean, for Vegas, this is a game you can ill afford to lose. You win this game. You go... You know, you avoid a one and four start. You'd be two and three right now. It would be a huge win to save your season. You get a great contribution from Josh Jacobs, who has 154 yards rushing. Derek Carr has two passing touchdowns. Devontae Adams, monster game. He has three catches for 124 yards and two touchdowns. And yet the later the Raiders let this slip through their, their hands. And let's not forget, Johnson, they had scored the game tying touchdown. With four minutes left in this game, and what did they decide to do? They decided to go for it on two. Of they course, go for a two-point conversion, and they I, don't I, get it. I, I respect why, but you have to go. You, you can't do that, man. You have, to force, you have to force Kansas City to beat you. No matter if it's Patrick Holmes, you give him 15 seconds on the clock, he can and, beat you. But you got to make him beat you. And, like, and listen, there, there's a difference from when – so, like, obviously, when week one when the Giants did that. Look, you got to think about it. The team have been through nowhere. They are, you know, if they win the game, it's great for them. If they lose, I mean, listen, they put up a fight. But nothing had gone right for that franchise throughout the past five years. So them going for it, it was fine. And think about the amount of time that was left in the game. There was just a minute left in the game when they went for it. The Raiders go for it. Yes, there's four minutes left in the game, so they have plenty of time. But then you're giving the ball to the Chiefs. Now credit, give credit to their defense. They get the stop they need. Raiders get down the field, have a chance to go down, kick a game-winning field goal, and pull up the upset. And on fourth down, in typical fashion, two Raider receivers run into each other, and they don't convert, and that's how they lose the game. Yeah, I am just I was speechless getting updates in this game in real time, and I I couldn't just I couldn't believe what was going on. I, Andy <sighs> Reid, I, like I said, I have an axe to grind. He is. Pretty much a Charger interception, and now a Raider two-point conversion away from being two in previous season. Yeah, you're not wrong. The Chiefs, they're a good team. They're a very good team. They're probably Super Bowl contenders, but they've had some very, very lucky breaks this year. And eventually, this luck is going to run out. And these games, they're get sooner or later. They're going to have these games where if it's not going to go their way, they're going to play a competent team. They're going to play a competent coach, and they might get exposed because of it. 
I mean, and you know, you say that, and look who they're playing this upcoming weekend: the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's definitely this is going to be a game for AFC supremacy. Uh, the Bills with the highest point differential in the league at 91 points. Chiefs at number two with 34. So on average, the Chiefs are beating their opponents by about a touchdown every week. But the Bills, on the other hand, are blowing them out by two to three touchdowns every week, which is crazy when you think about it. I mean, you know, let's just fix that. Buffalo hasn't, you know, has had some weeks where they haven't looked great. They had that game against Baltimore where they started off very flat. Did come back to win. The Chiefs have had some of those games too, where they, you know, start off really slow, but they eventually come back to win the game. Other than that Colts game, they have looked pretty solid and look like a team to be threatened with in the AFC. But we'll have to see how they finish off the season. Right now, they lead the AFC West. Chargers are right on their tail, and Vegas with the loss. Now they dropped the one and four, last place in the division. They have. I don't even know what to say about them. They are a team that has failed I'm, expectations that I'm they were supposed say, to have. He's on the Josh McDaniels on the hot seat. Well, he should have never been hired to begin with. I agree, and I've warned you. You know my feelings on Josh McDaniels. Yeah. He hides behind Bill Belichick, and every time he comes out and tries to make a name for himself, gets sent back into relevancy. Listen, we I don't saw. Think, I don't think Bill takes him back this time if he gets fired. We saw what happened with him in Denver. We yeah. knew this. We knew this was bound to happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's going to be really interesting to see Las Vegas, this season kind of already slipping away. Obviously, crazier things happen in the NFL. We've seen teams start off 8-0 and and end up sputtering and not making the playoffs. We've seen, we've seen teams start 0-4 and making the comeback of all ages and making the playoffs. So you definitely can't count any team out right now. Anyone can get hot or cold at the right time. But we're starting to see some trends, and right now it's not trending too well for, uh, for Vegas. Well, another team that's on a bad trend, and we saw a big change because of this, is the uh, Carolina Panthers. I need to get into this, Johnson, because this is just so, so bad of how this team is this season. They're now 1-4 after losing to the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. Again, they looked really bad, and again, Baker Mayfield has looked trash. He's now injured, so P.J. Walker is now the starting quarterback for them. Good luck with that. Um, because of this loss, they make a, a coach change. Matt Rule is now now no longer the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I know Panther fans are out there rejoicing, and for certain, and you know for good reason. Let's just face facts. He was terrible. Eleven and twenty-seven as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. You know, coming off of a great, you know, a very solid college coaching career in which he led teams like Temple and Baylor to great prominence. And, you know, at the time, you understood why the Panthers hired him. Now, looking back at it, not so much of a good hire. And now that the fact that they have to pay him 834000 per month for the next 48 months, it's basically a Bobby Bonilla type of deal where they're just going to have to pay this money and just try to forget that they ever gave it to him in the first place. But... I guess, for in a sense, Carolina can somewhat rejoice in the fact that he's no longer the coach. Now, I will say one thing about Matt Rule, and this is probably the only positive thing I'm going to say. In the world, he is probably the top 1% of 1% of football coaches. However, that still isn't good enough to cut it in the NFL. No. Which is crazy when you think about it. So if you want to talk about, yes, he was a terrible NFL head coach, but he could probably – Go to your local high school right now and turn a team of 
uh, absolute scrubs into a state championship winner. That's how probably talented he is. But when it comes yeah. to the college level, he is a great head coach. When it comes to the NFL level, he is a terrible head coach. Like you said, getting paid $834,000 a month, making more than 10 times the amount of most people make in a year. The average United, the average U.S. family doesn't even take home $80,000 a year. He's making 10 times that amount in yeah. a month. If I am Matt Rule, I he's 47 years old. He can take a nice early retirement. He will never have to work a day in his life. His he's, kids will never have to work. He'll be a day in college life. again. You'll see it. I, I guarantee I know, he'll be a college I mean, coach again. If I'm him, I take the Urban Meyer don't, route. Hey, listen, don't be surprised if you see a team like Nebraska or someone like that. They're gonna hire him. Back. They are either him. I would say even Auburn. I think Auburn would throw a bag at him. If they fire Bryce Harson, yeah, I, could, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean that definitely. I wouldn't. I, mean, I don't think that'd be ideal, but yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. He he'll probably end up in college. If I was him personally, like say, hey, I would ha- kind of hang it up. And, you know, I just I would have peace with myself saying, you know, I tried the NFL, wasn't my, you know, I couldn't do it. I had a decent to good college career. I took a team like Temple back from the dead, made them relevant for a little bit. And he remember he he was the coach after Art Bryles scandal at Baylor, and he led them and back really, to be really good. Yeah, and he did some really great things in college. Baylor, I think, in his tutelage, started off 1-11 and or something crazy like that yeah. and turned them all around into a top-10 team in the country. So Matt Rule definitely has, you know, he, he tip his hat to him in the college landscape, but NFL, go to Riddance. I think Carolina can look towards a rebuild right now. Baker Mayfield looks like trash. Sam Donald probably should have been starting this entire time. But, again, I mean, is can we say Baker is trash? I'm going to backtrace uh, back my statement here for a second. He's had six head coaches now in five years. Yeah. I think it's really coaching, and it's really, really sad, but I think it's really just coaching changes that kill a lot of his quarterbacks. I don't, I, I don't I know a, what to I say think, about I Baker. Think a great, I think a great quarterback will overcome the odds, but a good quarterback cannot overcome the odds of a, uh, of a bad head coach or multiple bad head coaches. I think it's a mix of not good coaching for Baker, and I just don't think he's good. I, I've been saying this since he came out of college. I, I'm not a fan of Baker Mayfield. I, I don't want to dunk on him because I, in a sense, kind of feel bad for him. But at the same time, I just don't think he's that good of an NFL quarterback. Yeah, no, I agree with you. He's definitely in the bottom half. He might even be bottom five at this point, which is kind of sad seeing where he was a year or two ago. What a fall from grace it's been for him. But one thing I do want to go into, now that we've kind of recapped the game, so we're going to week, into week six. Uh, I kind of want to do rapid-fire questions, Nick. Who do you think are going to win these top games this upcoming week? Oh, man. All right. Uh, on, man. All right. So this week we have on Thursday Night Football, the oh, Washington Commanders led by their fearless quarterback, Carson Wentz, and the Chicago Bears led by their fearless quarterback, Justin Fields. So you want me to pick a winner? I want you to pick a winner. The winner will be the person that does not turn on the television for this game. I agree with you. I'm not going to turn this on. I'm not going to stream it on Amazon Prime or Twitch. Um, if I had to pick a team to win the game, give me Washington. I'm going to say Washington. I think uh, even though Carson Wentz is kind of bad. These teams both suck. Yeah, they're not good teams. These teams are so bad. They're both bad teams. Uh, if you allergic to throwing the football and Carson Wentz throws it too much. If you thought that the Colts and Broncos game was bad... I could very much well see in this game being worse. 
I can't believe Amazon paid billions of dollars to have these games, by the way. That's the real loser. Uh, yeah, Amazon is for sure the biggest loser out of this entire sequence. I mean, man, this game is going to be bowling shoe ugly, to say the least. Absolutely. All right, next game we have on our list. Ravens versus Giants going into MetLife Stadium. Giants red hot. Ravens looking to make a statement. Really take a hold on that lead in the AFC North they have right now. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. I th- I think it's going to be very tough for the Giants to win. I think this is, you know, they got a an emotional win in London against, you know, the Packers. The Ravens are coming off another emotional win, too, against Cincinnati. I like the Giants' chances in the fact that if anyone knows how to stop Lamar Jackson, it would potentially be Wig Martindale. Um, at the end of the day, you know what? I'm going to take the Giants. Okay, bold prediction. I like that. I'm going to take the Giants. I'm going to rain on your parade right now. I'm going to say I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. I do not like Lamar Jackson. I do not like the Ravens. I don't like Harbaugh. I don't like anyone on that team. However, I think they are a good, well-oiled machine when it comes to football. And I think they're going to go into MetLife Stadium. They're going to rain on the Giants parade. They're going to hand them their first, first home loss. I'm sorry, their second home loss. But I think afterwards, the Giants are going to rebound the next couple of weeks. I think they're going to go 3-0. Now. So it's going to be a small road bump for the Giants. I think they're going to drop the 4-2, and two, but eventually go to 7-2. and two. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not going to be an easy one for sure. I do li- I like our chances, but we need to get a little bit more healthier, I think, for, us, for, for me to be fully confident in that prediction. Yeah, no, it's going to be kind of crazy, and I can't wait to see that game. So next game we have Vikings versus Dolphins. Yeah, um, Vikings. I, I don't. If Teddy Bridgewater plays, maybe I switch it to the Dolphins. But if it's Skylar Thompson, I don't like Miami's chances at all. You can I tell. Agree. You just saw it in that Jets game. It's just their offense was an, like anemic against I agree. that against that team. One hundred percent of you. And I'm gonna take the Vikings. I think they're gonna blow up Miami. I don't think Miami stands a chance. Here's the sad thing, Bell. This might sound. This is gonna be a little uh, kind of speculation, though. Can you imagine if Kevin O'Connell had Stefan Diggs in this offense? Yeah, I mean, can you? Ma- I think the Vikings would be Super Bowl contenders if they had Stefan Diggs, though. But yeah, but they have Justin Jefferson, so I mean, they're not missing much. I know they're not missing much, but can you imagine adding Stefan Diggs, a player of his caliber, to this offense right now? It would be absolutely insane. Can you imagine teams lining up against both Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs? Who are you going to double team? Do you double team both of them? And if you double team both of them, you got to leave you know a little bit more room on your line, and that's going to let Dalvin Cook just barge right through you. I mean, you'd, there would be no winning situation there. You'd have to have a top tier defense to even stand a chance of stopping hey, one they of still, them. They still have Adam Thielen, so I mean, they still have a very viable number two option. But yeah, oh, they, he's I'm a not, great, great wide receiver. Imagine having those two. Jeez. If Adam, I would say if they had both teams, they double team Adam Thielen would go for twelve hundred yards this year because he'd be just be wide open all the time. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But hey, we live in reality, and I, we still think the Vikings are going to take one over the Dolphins this upcoming week, week six. Uh, Jets Packers, give me your prediction. Packers, but I'm telling you, I think the Jets are going to give them a, a run for their money. I agree with you. I think we said a little bit before this earlier. Jets have to look good, but they've had some. Pretty big breaks go their way. Packers, kind of the opposite right now. Haven't looked too great, but it also had some breaks go against them. 
But give me the Packers, more established team. Yeah. I, also like I said, playing, uh, playing at home, so that will help them a lot. Yeah, the, the home factor is definitely going to be a, a, you know, a thing for this game. And like I said, the Packers are coming off that loss to the Giants. They gotta get things back on the right track. If they lose, if they lose to the Jets, there's going to be some turmoil in Green Bay for sure. Absolutely. Now we said Bills, Chiefs earlier. Uh, high-powered offense. Oh, really, mm. really tough game. It's I believe Buffalo traveling two hour ahead. So the Chiefs are doing a two-game homestead right now. I think the Chiefs are going to win this. I, I, God, I mean, if the, here's my here's my prediction, right? Yep. If the Chiefs win this, I predicted they, you know, the right team. If they don't win this, I get to make fun of Andy Reid next week. So this is an absolute win. <laughs> so, yeah, but that, but Buffalo wins. So I don't I don't think you want that either. Yeah, they're never going to win a Super Bowl. I'm going to put that on the air right now. Oh, I don't care. That's a cursed franchise. They went there pretty much five times in the '90s. It's not going to happen. This is such a tough game because both these are the two. Uh, let's just face it; they're the cream of the crop of the AFC. Buffalo has to get some revenge for all the mishaps that have happened in Kansas City, the AFC divisional playoff game last year, the AFC championship game two years before that. I think this would be a great win for Buffalo to get a road win. They had a great win against Baltimore on the road, you know, two weeks ago. I think if I had to pick right now, I'd take Buffalo, but I'm not fully confident in that pick. I do yeah. think the Chiefs have a chance. It's definitely a pick em game. I would yeah. say I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think Buffalo's offense cannot stay this hot for this long. They've had struggles versus Miami. Obviously, the Chiefs have a uh, defense that I don't think could even stop a cold. Uh, it's pretty bad right now, but maybe they uh, – You Andy can see Reed. another big game from Gabe Davis. Remember that four-touchdown performance in the, in the uh, against them last year. Maybe yeah, he doesn't again. I think they circled this game. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is – I'm sorry, Patrick. Andy Reid is gonna let this happen. Maybe he did use this week as a bye week in, in game plan to head to go face the Chiefs. Maybe but that's what he's been doing the last two weeks now. But I don't know. But it's gonna be really interesting to see. Nevertheless, going into more prime time games, Cowboys versus Eagles. Uh, some people just hope the stadium caves in and both these teams sink into the earth's molten core. But there's got to be a winner at the end of this. Who are you gonna take? Um, oh, it says this is a tough, you know what? I hate to say this. I'm going to hate to say it either way. The, so first off, I lose to having the fact that I have to pick a winner for this game. Correct. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Interesting. Interesting. Why? That defense right now for Dallas is hitting on all cylinders. And I, I think if there's any defense to stop this Eagles, you know, high-powered rushing attack. It's it's definitely the Cowboys. I think they can stop them in more ways than one. I mean, Michael Parsons is having an unbelievable start. I think the cow and listen, they're still doing things offensively well without Dak Prescott. They're getting down the field with Cooper Rush. They're getting great contributions from Pollard and Zeke Elliott. I, I think Dallas overall. I think I think they can win this game. I think the best case scenario for the Giants would be I'm gonna go with Dallas too. Dallas being the team. The best case scenario would be for the Dallas Cowboys to win this game for sure. I understand yeah. the Giants lost to Dallas, but it would definitely be the best case for the Giants. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You'd have a team that'd be a free rate tie now in the um, in the division for all three teams. In theory, if the Giants were to win and the Cowboys would win, 
all teams would be five and one. Correct me if I'm uh, if I'm wrong. The Gi- yep, if the Giants were to beat Baltimore and the Cowboys beat the Eagles, yep, all three would be five and one. And if someone told you that the NFC used to be tied after week six, you'd be like, oh, there's three teams, two and four right now. That's yeah, exactly. But yeah, definitely gonna be an interesting game. I'm going to go into the last game. Oh Broncos boy! Country, let let's ride. They get enough of primetime game. This no, time no, Chargers. you're wrong. Monday night, Monday night football. Hold on, you're wrong. It's Broncos country. Let's cry. They're they're <laughs> crying right now, dude. Yeah, I mean, the whole state of Colorado is in absolute misery right now, having to watch Russell Wilson be their quarterback. Something if you told them five years ago, they would literally kiss the ground because they had to deal with the likes of Brock Osweiler. Osweiler yep. and Tim Tebow, who did lead them to a playoff victory, but yep. nevertheless did not really work out. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers. I don't think this really needs any explanation. It, I, I think, think it will be a close play. game, but the Chargers are going to win. Oh, interesting. Why do you think? What do you think makes it close? Uh, the Chargers. Uh, have you seen the Chargers the last couple of weeks? They I do have, not, They don't put teams the away. I know, Broncos, but they don't put though, teams away. I don't think. I think if you gave told any Broncos offensive player. Into a room and put a baseball, a football, a basketball, and a soccer ball all in a room. They wouldn't be able to pick what the football was. Here's what I'll say: If Russell Wilson somehow cannot play this game, then the Chargers should win this one easily because I there's no shot Brett Ripien is going to have you know keep the Broncos alive in this game. At the end of the day, I think it will be close just due to the fact because the Chargers, like I said, have had trouble putting games away and having you know, you know, sealing up a win earlier than they should seal it up. So, we'll have to say. Yeah, it's definitely going to be really interesting to see how these games play out this week and how the NFL landscape continues to develop. Almost a third of the way into the season will be a third of the way into the season next week. And I really can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, definitely going to be another crazy week in the National Football League. We've already had a crazy first five weeks of the season. I'm sure week six is going to be even more crazy knowing our luck. But that is going to do it for this part of our podcast as another crazy week in the NFL. We'll see how the rest of the season goes on and how week six will shape up. Tune in for our next part of our podcast as we will be discussing the MLB playoffs. The wild card series is officially over. We now move on to the divisional series. Some stunning upsets that we have had so far already. Teams that we expected to make it to the divisional round are already eliminated. How will each you know team fare in their next matchup? We'll have to see. Once again, I am Nick Bavona, and this is Andrew Johnson with the All Gas, No Breaks Sports Show.